Welcome to After the Show, your weekly movie podcast brought to you by A. Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon, Sid Talk. Good afternoon, listeners. Hello, how are you doing? Good afternoon. You got me in the middle of a yawn. Oh, well. <laughs> What are the odds? Super stimulating, this pre-show event. The before, the after the show. It's very stimulating. So what have you got? <laughs> what have you got for before, the after the show? Well, you were talking about um, a message you got from our nephew about something he saw. He's a paraprofessional, which means he works with kids in school. Yes. He took some kids on a field trip, not to a field, to a museum. <laughs> he lives in a city. <laughs> There's no field. He is a fan of Doctor Who, and so are we. We kind of introduced him to it, right? Correct. And he uh, noticed a uh, little, in the corner of the museum, a Doctor Who exhibit with a TARDIS. So <laughs> he sent me a picture of the TARDIS, which is cool. It's very cool. Because he knows his British uncle likes a TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> and other than that, there's not a lot of discussion. This is how it is, kids. When you get married and you have a podcast and you do stuff, it's not all glitz and glamour. Sometimes you don't say shit. Sometimes you turn the space heater on, you put a blanket around you, you put two pairs of socks on because it's freaking cold and you drink hot tea and then you wait till it's time to start this podcast. And that's what we did. Guess what? It is time to start this podcast. Dun, dun, dun. Check, mic check, mic check. Yeah. We watch a live stream from a couple of photographers and in their little intro bit that they have, he's got like mic check, mic check. Mic check. <laughs> one, two, one, two. All right. It is Friday, January the 26th. This is After the Show, your weekly movie review podcast. And this is episode 823. We're looking at a new movie this week called The Marvels. It's a 2023 release. Out now on Blu-ray, streaming, 4K, all of that jazz. It's rated PG-13. It's from our friends at Marvel and Disney. who sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk. Can you give us the synopsis of the movie, The Marvels? Not really. I mean, it's superheroes saving something from somebody who's bad. And I'll start by saying this. This is not the review section. I guess well, I'm moving on to the review <laughs> section. Oh, okay, give the real synopsis. I'll give then. you the real okay. synopsis. Okay, here we go. Carol Danvers gets her powers entangled with those of Kamala Khan and Monica Rambeau forcing them to work together to save the universe. Now, onto the review part. So, I can enjoy a movie, like enjoy it, the whole thing, and still not like it. This is a skill that I have, because I really enjoy this movie, but there's so much not to like for Sit me. Talk. This is a very unique set of skills. It is a unique set of skills, yes. I have yes. a very specific set of skills. It's very specific. Don't kidnap me and show me movies if you don't want me to tell you what I think, because I will, and you won't like it. All right, so in the review section, what, what were you, you didn't like this movie? Is that I what you're saying? I just, it felt really discombobulated. First of all, it it's not edited very nicely. I found it a bit chopped up. There's too much going on, right? So you're, okay, so one of the main premises of the thing is that because Ms. Captain Marvel and her friend's daughter, who's the professor science lady who also has special powers, touched 
very far away power sources in the sky. I don't even know what the fuck was going on. And all of a sudden they can share their powers with Kamala, who is calls herself Miss Marvel. Okay, it's very confusing, you see. So now all of a sudden when any of them activate their powers, they swap places like Freaky Freaky Friday kind of. Yes. But their whole body goes with that person in a three-way of switching around from who's whatever. Okay, that's one thing happening. Then you have what I don't fully understand because A, I don't remember everything from every movie, so the entire Marvel Universe is not at the front of my mind for disposing out or for accessing all the information. So I don't know what the hell's going on with Captain Marvel. Like we're told that she went to a planet and killed a big computer and then their planet's dying. And now one of the ladies who was there is pissed off and now wants revenge and also to jumpstart her planet again with water, air and sun. Can I just say something here about that? Yeah. When we were told all that about, you know, in the Marvel movies, we were always told, oh, well, Carol just went off planet. She was doing something. Yeah. Then it kind of explained what she was doing here. I felt like I'd missed an entire movie. Yes, that's exactly how I felt. But we hadn't. Okay. Because I thought, <laughs> oh my God, am I losing my mind? Because I do not remember any of this. And it was very quick. It was like an act. They show you the flashback of her blowing up this big computer and then this whole planet in civil war, but like blah, 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 blah. And the, the lady who's come for her revenge or whatever. So there's another element. So, okay, that's one thing, right? So we've got the uh-huh. switching of the powers. We've got this lady who's now the villain who wants to come and bring her planet back to life while also getting revenge on Captain Marvel, who she calls the Annihilator. There's that. Then there's also the bracelet that Kamala has. So if you saw the Marvel TV show, and if you didn't, then you're kind of screwed. So she had a grandma who sent her this bangle or a big, long golden bracelet. She wears it, and then she got some powers. She has powers. There's a pair of these bracelets, and the bad lady now, who wants revenge and to fix her planet, has the other one. So that's a whole other thing, right? Uh So if you get those two bangles together, big problem, I guess. I mean, it's just energy. So that was very confusing. And then we have problem solving. Like I've never, I don't know, like there's cats everywhere at one point, which I find really revolting. No, no offense to you cats, but not revolting that it's cats revolting that we're lowering every fucking standard for storytelling to the lowest common cultural trendy phenomenon at the moment. Right. Put a cat in your fucking movie and people go, oh, I just found it insulting. I mean, there was cats in the in other Marvel movie. One. Yeah. One. one cat, Goose, yeah. Right. So then Ga- Goose has billions of cats. And so here's another thing. So we're on a ship thing with what's his face with the one with the eye patch, you know, from. Oh, let me um, say something about that. Okay. We it's watched, exhausting. See, this is exhausting. We've watched all of the Marvel stuff, including all of the television shows. I didn't feel like it. No, but we have. So, <laughs> and we very recently, late last year, we watched the miniseries Secret Invasion, which takes place around the time of this movie. Bye. The Samuel L. Jackson that was Nick Fury, that was in Secret Invasion, seems like a completely different person to the Nick Fury in this movie even though it's around the same time. They seem like they've had a brain transplant. Yeah, because he's... This one's really goofy. That one was very serious. He was goofy, and it wasn't 
written very, it was almost like a farcical thing. Like they were trying to balance between TV show antics, right? And TV shows are fine. I love TV. But we're kind of balancing there, not kind of leaning into the violence that it's requiring to stop this woman from destroying. So what she wants to do is destroy three planets that Captain Marvel has is endeared to, right? She's going to one planet to take their atmosphere, one planet to take their water, and then she's coming to Earth to steal the sun, which is really weird. We won't even go into that. (laughs) We won't even explore the physics of whatever the fuck somebody was thinking of, right? All of that just for Danvers and for, not just for Danvers, like, like serious revenge, but we're also calming down the violence and... Camilla obviously isn't going to kill anyone, is she? She kind of throws her power around and she kicks people down. Nick Fury's the only one who gets to shoot anyone. We don't see like dead death, right? So they're trying to play it around a little bit. And yet it's really serious, right? Like these planets will die. Right. With billions of creatures on them. People, creatures, beings. So I don't like, I always have a thing if you've listened to many, many, many of our shows. That if you're going to balance out the sort of whimsical comedy fictional thing with dark and gritty, it has to be just right. Otherwise, lean into one or the other, right? Lean all the way into goof like Guardians of the Galaxy. The entire galaxy and whatever of whatever's at threat. And yet it has the overriding sense of lightheartedness and you know, you've got that sort of warm and cozy feeling, even though there's a lot of threat at, involved. Or if you go over to Dark Batman with the Joker, what's his face? Like the... The Joker? The one where he's walking away from the building exploding. Oh, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, right? That's leaning into darkness all the way. Like yes. all the way. And the one with Joaquin Phoenix. We're going all the way darkness. And that I also love. Actually. um, This didn't do that very well. Last week, we watched the movie Blue Beetle, which was a DC movie. And I'm a big Marvel fan. More Marvel, I lean towards. Mm -hmm. But I think DC did this movie better with that Blue Beetle. I thought Blue Beetle was a similar type of movie to this. But it it knew what it was. It balanced its own thing in that there's a threat and it's, you know, and... It made it clear that violence was happening. I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of violence, but if you're going to tell the stories where there are villains trying to destroy entire cities and planets, we don't need to tiptoe around it, right? Like in a weird way. So yeah, I agree. Blue Beetle was fun and dangerous. This was like fun. Yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't. I couldn't pinpoint the comedy because Camilla's character, the young girl who's from Jersey and has discovered her powers right in her in that TV show. Again, if you didn't see it, you don't know. So she's the comedy and the fun and like, you know, the bright eyed young person in the whole thing. And then you've got Carol Danvers, who's literally responsible for entire planet destroying itself. That's pretty dark shit. I didn't feel like they did it. They didn't give it enough love and attention, you know? No. And the other thing about Blue Beetle from last week, Blue Beetle didn't feel like homework. I feel like this movie feels like homework. Oh, that's a great way to, oh my God, that's a, that makes, yes. I feel like I need to look up a bunch of shit. Yes. Like I need, oh my God, did I miss thing? Did I, do I know who these yeah. are? The and Kroll me, and the Skull? I, and I'm the, a massive fan of Marvel. I are. know a lot about it. Even I was going, 
Hold on a second. It's been so long now since I saw Carol Danvers. What exactly is her beef with Monica? I don't even remember. Yo, that was a whole other thing. Okay. So we have, yeah, yeah that was really <laughs> difficult. And the only thing that boiled down to was the lady Monica was a little girl when Carol Danvers got her powers and Carol Danvers was best friends with her mother. At some point when Carol Danvers is leaving, she says to the little girl, Monica, I'll be back before you know it. Because you know, she calls her aunt. Which we rem I do actually remember that. Yeah, from the well, main. you know why? Because I showed you a flashback. You yeah. know why? Because we all would have forgotten it. But then she didn't go back. And Monica has just been upset about that ever since. Like, you just never came back. And like, is that it? Yeah, that was it. Like, you didn't think you're an adult now and you know about all this shit in the universe because she's part of what's his faces, one eyes little crew, right? You know? So she knows all the bad shit in the universe. She knows what Carol Danvers is. She's Captain Marvel. And yet she's holding on to this like, yeah, but you told me you'd come back. And, and she's like 35 years old. Like, I just you, didn't get that. Do you think the next Avengers movie should be called One Eyes Little Crew 3? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> One Eye. I just can't remember. Fury. There you go. There's his name. One Eyed Little Fury. Nicholas Fury. Yeah. So I enjoyed this movie in a way, but then See? I didn't. It's, it's very throwaway. Yeah, it's very hard. And But then I like all the people and I like the fun elements individually. I, like, I wish Kamala just had her own movie, to be fair. Yeah, her family. Was, I love her family. They're exactly consistent with how they were. They were just sort of thrown away, but they're so... They connect you to like the human people of the world, right? Because they're just her parents and her brother and they're sort of mixed up in all this craziness. And I, I love them in the show and I love them in this. And you're right. If we'd leaned into her story more, I yeah. think that would have been really, I mean, I don't know if it'd be good, but I'd I, give it a try. I don't know. I'd rather watch Kamala than this kind of piece together. It didn't feel coherent, the actual adventure between the three of them. Exactly. Which is really sad because they had a great premise, you know? And we met Monica Rambeau in um, WandaVision. Yeah. And she was great too in WandaVision. Yeah. But it's been so long, we don't remember her really. And WandaVision was awesome. I think it might have been the best thing that Marvel did on TV, that one. I don't know. I mean, Loki's really, really good. Yeah. Oh, see, we're, we're veering off the path <laughs> of this movie because I feel like I've said everything. I enjoyed it and I didn't like it at the same time. A lot of the special effects were really, really, really bad. And then the one with the cats. Was good. The cat's actually an alien who the inside comes out like a big giant os um, ostrich, not ostrich, octopus, right? Yes. Tentacles. And then they can suck in like a person or a desk and then later regurgitate the person or the desk and they're fine, which is weird, but it's an alien. So whatever. I think that's fun, but I didn't want a whole ship full of them. And that. I mean, it was a fun idea that they swallowed the people so they had less space. Yeah, they fill. had to escape. And so having the cat swallow all the people was fine. But it was also like, oh, my God. And here's the deal. If the whole movie had, if they had consistently gone through the movie with Kamala. So in the beginning and in the TV show. And if you listen to me also a lot, you'll know I hate to compare things, but I can't help it on this one. In the TV show and in the very opening of this movie, Kamala, the teenage girl, is drawing her little doodles and she's imagining like a cartoon version of her helping Captain Marvel. And it's really cute and it's like, it looks really awesome and it's fun. 
that I was like, oh, good. We're going to kind of thread this throughout this movie where Kamala has her like she imagines things a certain way and we're going to have that. And it didn't have any of that. I would have even been really excited if that was sort of the style of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, we just touched on it and then left it. Because you could mix that with the dangerous eminent threat and the sort of cuteness of it. And I think that would have been. But again, they didn't give it the love and attention. Like a chef will say, give it the love and attention when you're making the sauce, right? And then your sauce will have multi layers of flavor. Well, this movie doesn't have a lot of layers of flavor. It just has lots of like containers of stuff all smashed together. Yeah, including a world where they visit where people sing. Forgot. See, I forgot about that. And that my, my mind was like, what? That just felt like they went there just because they could. Because like, it's a joke. Because we can make a joke here and it's like funny. If you think about it, this movie's sort of like sliced up into shorter movies, sort of like how we're going with entertainment. Now, I'm not opposed to changing of things, but if you've got a compartmentalized section where there's all the cute cats and then a section where it's a musical and then a section where it's like big, bad science fiction battles, you know what I mean? It felt like that. And yeah. it did not go together. I would say, right. Say this movie was season two of Miss Marvel. Yeah. And each episode was one of these scenarios, just a whole episode of that singing world and a whole episode of the cats. You would think it was awesome because it was so different all the time. Yeah, listen, we're writing it for them. But when you bang it all into 90 minutes and it's so like choppy, it just doesn't really work. Yeah, if you make it, so then you'd have to make it two and a half hours and then you'd have to give every section a little love and attention. It would be fine, but it wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) So let's get on to the cast. Brie Larson is back as Captain Marvel. What do you think? I like her. I mean, she's serious when she needs to be. And here's another layer that we're putting on this movie is that kind of woven in here. Carol is supposed to be learning that she can't just save the world by herself. She yeah. has to work as a team. The family. Family. Yeah. Family. And then she has to care about everyone's feelings and everyone has to care about her feelings and all that stuff too. She does a fine job at all of it, except here's my problem. There were so many times when she was a game character, like they turned her into a CGI. Yeah, char- where she's flying. Yeah. No, not just flying. Oh. You watch it again. You will see there are times when she's just walking up some stairs and she's the video game character. Right. It's like they couldn't bother to have her do it. I'm not even kidding. There were Hmm. moments when she's walking across the floor and I'm like, that hair is totally video game hair, like 100% video game hair. It was very weird. It was like distracting me often. And so she was fine (laughs) where she appeared. Yeah. I think the star of this movie is Iman Vellani, who plays Ms. Marvel. We watched her TV show, which was really awesome. And she's back here. You didn't remember, but this movie pretty much takes, picks up where Ms. Marvel ends exactly at the end of it. I kind of remembered. And in that way, it's almost like another episode of her show, just bigger. But that doesn't make it better. No. But she is amazing in this. She's so funny. Right. And if they would, if they'd built a movie around her and that style, it would have all come together. Yeah. I think a lot more like entertainingly. Is that the right word? Into what? Entertainingly. It would have been more entertainingly. <laughs> I don't think. Successful. I get than what you're me wishing it was something different the whole time. Tayona Paris plays Monica Rambeau. 
she's good. You know why? Because WandaVision was really serious. Yes. They weren't joking around in that show, right? It was very dark. And she was very serious. I mean, the only funniness in that whole show was the assistant to... Um, yes. What's I, her face? I know you She said. was like the comedy character. The, other the, than the that. The girl from Two Broke Girls. Yes. Other than that. And Monica was the same or whatever her name is. The actress lady. Really good. I was like, ooh, I want to see more of her. And now that we know she has this weird electrical power, I want to see more of her. And she was that. But it just didn't all fit together. Samuel L. Jackson is back as Nick Fury with a brain transplant. <laughs> he was just like a comedy Nick Fury most of the time. Yeah. Hamming it up and just having a laugh. When his life isn't, you know, when the thing's crashing down to earth with all yeah. the cats in it, he's just having a laugh and saying funny shit. Yeah. Oh, That's, I was there. I know. After watching Secret Invasion, which was just played like a spy thriller with nothing fun. Yeah, where he's no got a funnies. love interest that was, you know, had caused lots of stress and people that he cared about and things going very wrong. Yes. And the guy in that movie was not the guy in this movie. <laughs> I didn't appreciate that. There's like, cutting and pasting the image of Nick Fury from one thing to another. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> directed by Nia DaCosta, she directed the Candyman remake, which I did not see. But I'm going to have to say it. I, didn't, I don't think the directing was enough to hold it all together. I think the vision didn't, whatever. Maybe there wasn't a vision and a plan. Maybe there wasn't any foundation for like, hey, everybody, we're going to sit down and talk about what we want this to be. Probably there was, because that's how corporations work. But it felt like maybe a puppet on a string situation. Like, you're here to direct this. It's a Marvel thing. And here's what everyone wants to happen. And it just happened. Now, if that's not what went down, I apologize. But it didn't feel like someone was fully in charge, you know? Yeah. Here's a weird thing in this movie. The lady who plays Monica's mom, the actress. Mm-hmm is younger than Monica actress. <laughs> That's just a bit of trivia for How you. How much younger? I don't know, but she's younger. Lashana Lynch, she's called. She's the lady from... Um, well, she had to be because in in Captain Marvel, the original movie, she yeah. was Carol Danvers' age and the little girl was a little girl. Right. And so as she grew older, then the scenes that we saw of her later, she they gave her gray hair and some wrinkles. And so... Yeah. And there are two end sequences, which I liked both of them. There's one that features Hawkeye, and there's one that features what? The blue guy. I don't know his name. The X-Men, basically. Oh, the X-Men. Yeah. The so, blue guy from the X-Men. <laughs> um, those two things were interesting. They're not alternate endings. You mean it sound like there's alternate no, endings. No, just like It's like it credits. ended, and yeah. then there's a bit, and then it ended, and then there's a bit. So stick around for those, because they, they kind of hint at what's coming next. Well, they always do, don't they? Which is a bit shitty. But you have to, like, use a movie to make And like you said, this movie heavily relies on its connection to everything else. And I think that's unfortunate. Homework. Because it could be very independent with a very specific style, and it wasn't. I believe. I believe. You gotta believe. We have watched everything, Marvel. And we still are a little bit lost sometimes. So imagine if you haven't watched any of that TV and maybe only a few of the movies. How would you feel watching this movie? You'd be like, I don't even yes, know what it this relies, is. You're right. It relies heavily on understanding Even the if whole it shows universe. you flashbacks, which it tries to do, I but don't you, think they make any sense. But you know what I'm finding? People don't give a shit. A lot <laughs> of people don't care. 
they just watch it. It's very surface. It's very like, in, like I said, go from section to section. Here's the section in space. Here's the section with the cats. Here's the section, whatever. And then it's over and that's it. And I do think there's a lot more people. And I don't, I don't think it's a generational thing. I think we're just getting, moving to a different vibe, right? So you're going to get movies that are, what did we watch recently? That was like three hours that we both loved. Pillows of the Flower Moon. Right. There's going to still be that. That does not appeal to a large group of people anymore, right? It just doesn't. Whereas this is like, like you even said it, each section is almost like an episode of yes. something different. Yep. So that's interesting. I'm not opposed to that style. Just want it to work more seamlessly. Correct. All but right. I'm I, not a Hollywood person, so I can't make that happen. So there's my opinion really doesn't matter. <laughs> IMDb reviews. What are those? Those are IMDb reviews of people like us go on there and say stuff about movies. And you like the ones that are one star because then you think you can make fun of them. But sometimes we don't disagree. All right. So number one says, one out of ten, Disney ain't Marvel. So Stan Lee passes away and now Disney are in full control of Marvel. And boy, is there a difference. I couldn't finish watching this really bad film. It's just junk from scene to scene. The cast, I feel so sorry for them because they're a fine group of people. But the story, the effects, the directing, it's all jumbled into a real mess. The premise is interesting, but they have no idea what to do with it. I've never been a fan of Disney, maybe when I was 10 years old. But this is not at all Walt Disney. This is a turkey. It is, in fact, garbage. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. I don't think of it like a Disney thing. Do you? No, but that singing part was very Disney. And Captain Marvel is now a princess. Yeah, she so was got dressed, that going on. She was dressed in a Captain Marvel. Uh, I mean, she's actually a princess now. Princess dress. Which also was thrown away. She married a dude, a prince on a planet for political reasons. What political reasons? It's like there's been so many adventures of her that we don't know about. Right, so there's a whole other show. Yeah. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, probably. Right. Second guy says, what on earth was that? I've never left the cinema in the middle of a movie, especially with how expensive it is. My family and I went in with no expectations. We had a strong feeling it wouldn't be good, but a trip to the cinema was what we wanted. Was it a superhero film, a children's film, or a musical? We have no idea. Anyone that's a fan of the comics probably feels insulted, and Stan Lee is rolling in his grave. <laughs> At least these reviews are people have like taken a little time. To consider what they're writing. Yeah. Don't um, jinx it. The next one could be terrible. Okay, okay. And the last one says, After close to $300 million, four years, multiple reshoots, the director leaving before the final product was even finished, a last-minute post credit scene, and an eight-hour live catch stream that they came up with. It's like they didn't even try. How did the Civil War equate to the sun dying? You'll never know because they don't tell you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and how are all the people still alive with no sun, air and water? Don't know. Maybe they've just got breathing apparatus that lasts forever. <laughs> Why did it take all that time for Captain Marvel to figure out she could fix the problem she created? Don't know because they don't tell you. And why did the cat suddenly start laying eggs everywhere? Who knows? Nobody knows. Nobody knows anything about this movie. It is. What is it? A waste of time? Garbage. Garbage, <laughs> right. That's it? I mean, those are all very fair points. 
there is a lot of you're just have to go oh okay that's happening yeah, now. whatever yeah and yeah. i agree <laughs> the the whole thing of that planet dying and her just wanting to get her revenge and bring her planet back to life and they all were just wearing little masks that last forever comes. and then lighting the sun back up has to have huge implications on a planet <laughs> the implication was there was a shadow over them and then there wasn't <laughs> yeah but like they were standing there gloriously with sun on their face, but I mean... Yeah, that was the implication. Oh my God, it's a little bit warmer. <laughs> Did your orbit not change? Did everything not die? I mean, you're right. We're, we're asking too many questions. <laughs> we are. Conclusion, uh, we didn't watch any extra. We watched the streaming version of this, so we didn't... There are some extras, though. Conclusion, I'm going to give the Marvels or the Marvels, the Marvels. I'm going to call it, a 5 out of 10. Me too. It's really empty calorie popcorn movie. I give all the people doing the performances all the credit. And the special effect of the cat shooting out the tentacles and sucking in a person and spitting a person out, really good because, you know, I've never seen that in real life. And it looked you right. No, <laughs> but it looked right. I, I, I was like, that's the special effect I love. And then the space stuff was good. It was just a lot of the fighting was really crappy. The lesson you should have learned, Marvel, this is coming straight from my mouth. Listen to this. A lesson you should learn from this movie is that Aman Valani should have another episode of her show, another movie, or another Ms. Marvel show. Yeah. Because there's more to tell with her. She's only just getting I mean, she to does need to get out into space, so that probably does require a bigger budget than yeah, a TV probably. show would, but then we've got Doctor Who. That's a her TV family show. family are awesome. She is awesome. That's what you should focus on. Ooh, family. So Blue Beetle, family. 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 Ms. Marvel, family. Vin Diesel. Yeah. Here, I've got a joke for you real quick. Is it to do with family? It is not. What do you call a factory that makes okay products? I don't know. What do you call a factory that makes just okay products? A satisfactory. Oh my God. I didn't even like jokes. I'm not funny. I don't have a sense of humor. I still don't like jokes after that one. <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. That was funny. All right. So uh, you, you're giving it a five. I'm giving it a five. Yeah. Right in the middle. Yeah. There's something about it, but it's not, it's not the direction you should go in. Well, I mean, it can, we don't, we have no control I don't need more over of it. that one. I don't need more like that. But and we'll watch it. Probably. Yeah. Whatever we say and think it's not going to have any impact on you ditching Marvel. No. <laughs> Never. So thank you to Marvel and Disney. Next week, we're looking at the movie Salt Burn, and that is not a Marvel movie. Salt Burn. Do you know it? I don't. Well, that's good because you love not knowing about things. I do. I love it. I did. I forgot what we were watching today, so I uh, was excited. Movie recommendations. I am going with Ms. Marvel, the TV show. I can't recommend it highly enough if you want to watch something really cool from Marvel. And Brie Larson brought me to mind of Scott Pilgrim, which he was in. So I would also recommend the movie Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And I am going from the 20th century so from 1900 to 1999 any movies that are categorized in the list of movies that i have seen as action and or adventure i don't remember so i pulled <coughs> i pulled a list from my all the movies i've seen on imdb and here are some of them they're not in any particular order i don't know what years these came out they're just action adventure movies i've seen and here's the thing about movies when you say the title it's like the whole thing floods back into your mind, doesn't it? It's just like a... I think that works also when you see the poster. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Any yeah. mention of a thing or any anything like that just floods. Like if you say MASH to me, TV show MASH, 
It's like the whole thing goes through my mind all the way from the first episode to the last sad episode. So if I'm just mentioning these movies to you and you've seen them, then you'll relive them. 101 Dalmatians, the animated one. Home Alone 2. Muppets. What is it? Muppets Most Wanted? Yeah, that's like a sequel. Oh, it is. That's one of the sequels to the Muppets. I thought it was like two different movies I had listed. The Muppets. And Most Wanted, but no, it's Muppets Most Wanted. Muppets Most Wanted might have been the one with Ricky Gervais. Like one I think of the, it was, the new yeah. One. yeah. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Interesting little Coen Brother. I love movie. that one. Eight Heads and a Duffel Bag. Not great, but, you know, I wouldn't, if you like Joe Pesci, go for it. I actually think that's pretty good, that movie. Really? Mm. Ooh. For its time, let's say. All right, Ace Gully stuff. I've been playing a new game called Tekken 8. I have played it for literally 10 minutes. So I can't really say much about it. The Apart end. from, I've played every Tekken game from the beginning to now. The beginning of time? Well, there's eight of them. And it started in the PlayStation era. So I've played them all along the way. I'm not a really massive fighting game fan, but I do love a bit of Tekken. You also like that other one. With Street the, Fighter. Yeah, no, the other one. From the Dreamcast. Soul Calibur. Yeah. I do love a bit of Soul Calibur. Fighting games are interesting because they still come out every year. There's still big, like, Tekken and Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. But I feel like it's a niche, yet they still must be popular enough for them to keep making them, right, you know? hmm And some people say, well, there's not much to fighting games. You're just jamming on the buttons and hoping that you beat... No, there's a lot of, like, strategy and... No, there's a lot of jamming on the, the buttons. You can jam on the buttons, but <laughs> there's a lot of also learning button combinations. Like, a good player of a fighting game is not just jamming on the buttons. If you get what I'm saying. Mm. They know in their mind what they're... I mean, that's what they say. We don't know. (laughs) So Tekken 8 is out now on the next-gen consoles and the PC. I played the PC version. It looks amazing. It's like the best thing they've ever done. It's the best-looking fighting game I've ever seen. And I've literally played 10 minutes of it. So I'll tell you more about it next week. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Well, you are preparing a green chef meal. Green Chef uh, is one of the meal boxes that we get. No, we're not sponsored. That would be great, but we're not. We love them because we can... I mean, we're not, like, loyal to any no. meal box. We just we get four all of them. <laughs> we have four different ones, so you rotate them all around. And this one is Green Chef, and it is a carrot thing. That's what I said, but I think it's a Middle Eastern-flavored rice bowl with carrots. And cardamom yogurt. Yeah. Yum. So that sounds really yummy. And... My advice? Did you ask me what my advice is? I didn't, but I will. Or do you not care anymore? What's your advice? My advice. Isn't advice, of course. I mean, I'm not the first one to observe this in the world, (laughs) in the generations of all of humans, but we, you and I, and everyone listening, everyone listening, we're not our parents, right? Right. The world we live in, as the world of human changes, humans change, is not the same one they were in any age ever. Growing up, formative years, childhood, whatever. Different way of everything. They were not their parents. So my dad, a teenager in the 50s, would have been an absolute pain in the ass for his grandfather looking at him. My dad drinking, driving, trying to be cool, wasting time. Now, when he was 17, he ended up, my mom and him having my brother. But, you know, that sort of put a brakes on the, uh, you know, shenanigans. But. His generation was very different from his grandfather's generation and on and on and on, right? So there's never going to be a time when any generation is ever going to be able to sit back in a comfy chair 
and say, okay, this is it. We figured it all out. (laughs) We no longer need any progress or change or to invent anything new. We've grown everything we need. We've solved every problem. Everything is good. We can just live our perfect lives because we're perfect now. We're the pinnacle. We figured it all out. Like there's never going to be a time when that happens. But every generation seems to think they're the ones to either figure out food problems, solving the food problems of their nation or their country or the world or emotional stability or understanding psychology or solving problems with inventions to cure diseases. Like every generation seems to think like, oh, (laughs) this is it. See, see how great we are. We've done we've done it. This is it. We've plateaued because we figured this thing out and no one else ever has to think about it again because we got it. We got it. (laughs) We're the kings and queens and everyone of the universe. And we're not. You never will be. No one will ever have it figured out. We just have to keep doing it, right? And learn from each other and then invent new things to learn. So that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Do you catch what I'm throwing? Yes. Okay. Ascoli.com. That's the place you can go for this podcast. We got added to um, iHeartRadio this week, Sid Talk. Is that good? Well, they now have a podcast. Uh, You've heard of iHeartRadio, right? I've heard of it, yes. Yeah, well, we're actually on their podcast uh, thing. I don't listen to podcasts, including this one. All right. So um, (laughs) we're now on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, YouTube, iHeartRadio. We're actually everywhere, pretty much. The podcasts are available. Just search for After the Show Movie Podcast. We're also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com. Do not email Sid Talk. And stay classy, Marvel, and let's see what's next. Aye, I'm going to say think for yourselves, because if you're not doing it, someone will be doing it for you. 